Welcome to Chapter 36 of our Wild Adventure in France. On today's podcast, we revisit last week's Michelin discussion with a Toronto perspective. And we visited the Chateau de Cedre in the Malbec region of Cahors for a divine wine tasting right in the middle of harvest season. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. So this is the coolest thing. Independent of our discussion last week on the Michelin star system, which you elaborated on beautifully. Thank you. And made very understanding. Uh, there was a big uh, kerfuffle, shall we say, in uh, Toronto about everything. So I, I think um, someone posted on your on on our face sorry our Facebook page. Thank you. Um, that uh, there were a few uh, Michelin stars awarded to Toronto restaurant restaurants yeah. just recently. The first in Canada ever. Wow. And it's going to extend to Vancouver soon. But it started, and this, honestly, I believe this announcement was made on the same day that uh, we put out our podcast. So it was just really uh, ironic, uh, or coincidental, I guess you could say. Uh, but uh, 13 restaurants will now be featured in the guide, and they are new Michelin star-rated restaurants from Tarana. And one of them is actually a two-star. The, the remainder are three-star, or one-star, rather. But there is a two-star restaurant, um, and it's Sushi Masaki Seoto on Avenue Road, right by where you... Uh, yeah, where my condo is. And I have to say that on that list, I have not been to any of those restaurants. I don't recognize one of these restaurants. Not so one. I missed out. <laughs> what is, what is, uh, have you heard of, because this is right on Yorkville Avenue, uh-huh. Aburi Hanna, like all of these seem to be um, Asian food, or many of them anyway, many of them, which well, is kind of yeah, neat. Well, I, I mean, that's very popular in, mm-hmm. in, in Toronto, and uh, but I, I'm sad to say that I never got to taste their delicious food. I'm surprised Yosos isn't on here. I, you know, I don't know who they pick, how they, the how they go about it. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Have you heard of Alibar in Yorkville? No. Huh. It's very strange. Don Alfonso? No. Okay. I, Enigma? No. That's Yorkville? No. Jeez. You didn't go to any of these places? No, none of them. I had my favorite haunts, mm-hmm. but none of my haunts made the list. Well, anyway, congratulations to all of these great restaurants for making the Michelin Guide it's uh, the first time Toronto has been, or anyone in Canada for that matter, has received uh, a Michelin star. And uh, they're thinking they'll be able to promote this also in Vancouver shortly, which is really cool. I just And Mayor uh, Tory was really excited. He called this a very big deal. So um, kind of kind of put Toronto restaurants on the map a bit. And you would think that Montreal would be next, like after Vancouver, ah. because the French cuisine in Montreal well, is beyond. And prior to when Toronto really got rolling uh, with with fine restaurants about 20 years ago, Montreal was the restaurant capital of Canada, Yes, without it, question. It was top. It was top notch. You know. It's where you went to dine. Yeah. Old Montreal has some amazing restaurants. Well, 
And I just love in in old Montreal where you can take your own. Uh, now you you are charged a corkage fee. I don't know if it still exists in Montreal, but it's a really so. It's a, the restaurant doesn't necessarily have a liquor license, but you can bring your own wine, and they charge you a small fee. Corkage fee is what they call it for opening the wine and serving the wine. Uh, but I love that you bring your own wine to the restaurant. And the restaurant doesn't have to go through the big process of uh, getting a, a liquor license. I don't know what the status of that is now in in uh, east part of Montreal. But yeah, that was in I think Prince Arthur area. No, uh, I thought uh, I thought it was uh, Saint Laurent, uh, Saint Denis. I I don't know. I anyway. Well, we'll have to go back. Oh, I guess we will. <laughs> bring your own wine. <laughs> Anyway, that was a, a cool bit of news from uh, Toronto regarding the, the Michelin star system and how coincidental it was that you plopped uh, this information onto our podcast without even knowing this. Did not know. <laughs> hey, we went for the coolest bike ride. <laughs> when I And when I say coolest, oh, it was cool. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> so right now the temperatures at night drop quite dramatically. Like uh, I didn't <laughs> like it at all. It was way too cold for me. Yeah. So right now temperatures in the morning are like five or six degrees. And, you know, by the end of the afternoon, it's 25, 26, 27. Yeah. So you don't really even know what to wear. Like we went, we went out for the day uh, yesterday and, you know, some brought coats and sweaters. And by the time we're sitting down for lunch, it's like shirt sleeves. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> We we went for this, first of all, we went for a ridiculously long walk the day before. So we decided, let's take it easy yeah. and just take the bike and go for an hour ride. And just, you, were well, you were properly dressed. I and was. I wasn't, and I paid the price, and I was miserable the whole entire <laughs> you, ride. Yeah, you were very miserable. Oh, my hands were cold. I I, I did I should have had a I should have had a Way. I should have had a windbreaker which I didn't have and I was just I had to pull over and just twice twice and just warm up hate the cold hate it that's why I'm here cut me some slack anyway so we, we but it was quite beautiful the sun was hitting all the trees hmm. we we rode by some cows some horses yeah. some you know it was a different kind of path that we took that um, took us out of the, the, the hillside and down into the valley. Yeah. And, uh, That's why it was so damn cold. It was pretty cold. But um, but when you dress properly, it's fine. Yeah. Um, the Facebook page. That's where to go because uh, while I was warming up a couple of times, I decided to stop and take a few really cool pictures. And uh, Julie's talking about the way the sun's coming through. It was early in the morning. Just, just beautiful. So... Go to our Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Move to France and check out some of those and many other corresponding photos from today's chapter 36. Uh, we, we we've have, we've been busy. Like <laughs> like when, when I tell people all the socializing I'm doing here, they're going, uh, "Who are you and what have you done yeah. with Jeff Lumby? What has happened to Jeff Lumby?" But I I am enjoying it. Um, well, okay, let me. Uh, qualify that i enjoy it for about two or three hours because it's all french just so you know folks it's all french and after about the three hour mark i'm freaking exhausted i'm exhausted and i was even telling veronique this today my uh professor and she completely understands Yeah, because you're thinking and processing everybody else is just enjoying having light conversation oh and then discussion oh yeah and then catherine 
who's very funny, by the way. I start a sentence in English. Oh, God forbid. And she, je ne comprends français seulement. Oh, man. They're just, <laughs> and I know they're just, you know what? I, I know they appreciate the fact that I'm taking the courses and I'm trying to learn. And so they're, it's actually their way. They're of, just being sweet. I know, they're, they're being just, funny. They're being supportive is what they're yeah. being. But it's it's yeah. in a funny way. <laughs> but after, at midnight when they do that, it's just like, no, 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 no. Jean say I'm out. Well, That's well enough. the thing is, like some of, some of our social gatherings, like, are, uh, like they're six hours long. It is true. They really go long. They and, go long. They, yeah. And deep they start into the late. night. <laughs> yeah. But they've got stamina. <laughs> and I love the fact that, that you know, this group of friends, um, they're the ones who gave you the cacahuete nickname. That's right. So uh, this is the group that we met in Tremont last year, and uh, or in the spring, rather. And we just had a great time. So we decided to invite them out. So there were eight in total for dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the last uh, function, I said that my favorite French word is, <laughs> because it just sounds funny to me, is cacahuete, which is peanuts. And so now that's my nickname. And, and they brought some yeah. a, a nice jar of cacahuetes yeah. for you, <laughs> just along with some amazing chocolate and champagne. Oh, cr- oh beautiful <laughs> gifts. Yeah. No, yeah. it was really a lovely night. And uh, But boy, I got to tell you, it's work for me. Yeah. So we did that evening. Um, and got very little sleep that night. And then the next day we were invited over to our neighbors. Yes. And that was another fun time. Really fun. Everybody was in a good mood. And that was a franglais kind of an afternoon, although I will say it was probably 80-20 uh, in favor of French. Yes. You know? But I think I think you did well. You did really well that day. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny. It comes and goes with me, or, or at least it depends – you know, uh, to whom I am speaking or listening to, because it's the, there, there are different accents here. There are different people speak with different speeds. And of course, uh, if it's too quick for me, I'm out. Uh, but I, it's funny, we've talked about this. I gravitate to certain people, or at least I understand certain people way better than others. It's yeah. really bizarre. Yeah, I, I, I think you do better with those that uh, at one point lived in Paris. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this uh, this accent I, I down do here, so. like just again, we'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, the number twenty, pronounced anywhere in the French world, is vin, mm-hmm. oui? vin. But here it's ving, right? Or or de, tomorrow, demain, deming is how they say it here in Southwest France. Southwest France. So you know, trying to get used to the uh, the accent here is is as hard as learning the language itself. Yeah, but the cool thing is that you know people. Like us, they no, no, really, I, really like well, us. Well, I think we're, I think we're freaks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's uh, let's bring let's the oddities yeah. over to, for dinner. That'll yeah. be. We we don't have to do, have any entertainment. Let's yeah, just have these two over. Like you and... to meet the freak show from Canada here, Jeff and Julie, and uh, we don't know why they're here. More people seem to be moving to Canada, but okay, you know, the world zigs, we zag, and we're uh, the salmons from Canada <laughs> yeah, upstream. Yep. Anyway, uh, oh, and we have we have more coming up on. Uh, we do. This, this week we're going. Uh, we're going somewhere else. We've been invited somewhere else. Yeah. More people want to. It's almost like the you know you go to the the circus there and the, the people <laughs> the people in the cage. Yeah, the, these are the these are the ones I've been telling you about. Anyway. Well, this brings me to the French phrase of the oh, day. Okay. All right. All right. Nice and early. Uh huh. Okay. Here we go. L'amitié. Already out. Okay. What is ami? 
Oh, friend. Yeah. Okay, amitié. I don't know. Friendship. Oh, okay. Demande beaucoup d'efforts. Il exige. Oh, there's more. <laughs> Jesus. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Start again. <sighs> Start again, please. L'amitié. <laughs> it's just that you. You go and it's like a resolve, and then no, 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 no. It's like the it's karma. It's, like, it's, it's like, no, 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 no. It's no, no, no. like the it's music a, at that wedding. <laughs> at our, at the wedding. No, it's a semi-pause. So, l'amitié demande beaucoup d'efforts. Comma. Elle exige surtout de savoir offrir ce que l'on a de plus cher dans la vie. Oh Jesus! Oh my God! Uh, what do you call those two points like that? Uh, Colon. Okay. Um, there's, mo there's more? Just two words. Du temps. Oh, just, just tell me. Uh, this... Okay. L'amitié demande beaucoup d'efforts. Elle exige surtout de savoir offrir ce que l'on a de plus cher dans la vie. Du temps. Okay. And that was from amazing French actress Catherine Deneuve. Well, that sounded like the whole play. So, friendship requires much effort it demands mostly to know how to offer what you have that is most dear in life ah. time ah. is it over <laughs> yes okay. but isn't it true yeah it's true time yeah no time well time's everything uh-huh cross the street at the right time and you make it to the other side at the wrong time not so much not so much a good friend no Uh, okay, well, no, that's a very nice saying. Uh -huh. I'm sorry I had, I was, I, I, it's just, like, it was too, it was too much for me. It was too not, much. it's two sentences, but, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so two there we go. To recap, l'amitié demande beaucoup d'efforts. Elle exige surtout de savoir offrir ce que l'on a de plus cher dans la vie, du temps. Du temps. Okay, that's our French uh, uh, paragraph of the day. And uh, it was two sentences. Does not constitute a paragraph. Jeez. <laughs> that was our French essay of the day. And <gasps> deux uh, phrases. Deux phrases. <laughs> no, it was a good one. I mean, I like the sentiment of the. I like the sentiment of the. Uh, oui, like if you want to really cultivate chapter. a friendship, you you need to dedicate time. That's a that's a note for for all of us, me included. You, you can't expect a friendship to survive if you don't give it. A, I, I'm very good at that. You are. You are much better at that than I am. Yeah. I'm very good at checking in with my buddies. Yeah. I really am. But I think now that I've n I'm no longer yeah. working, I'll have more time to dedicate to my friends and family. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. And and I'm sure you're looking forward to that I as am. opposed to the other crap. It wasn't crap. But yes, I am looking forward to reconnecting. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we saw something the other day on TV. Oh, and now we keep seeing it. It is... <laughs> I I sometimes wonder how ideas make it around boardrooms, I, I, or even if there is a boardroom. Because this one, it, you it's in French. You explained it to me, and I couldn't believe the concept. So it's a, it's a cell phone uh, provider. Right. So... Their promotion, and it airs all the time. I think it's 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 on a rotation every. Mm -hmm. um, is if you buy your phone with this provider, yeah, you will get a thirty percent discount on your repair costs. You know, I That's mean, 
that's how how much confidence does that give you? Yeah. In in their organization, in the phone that they're selling. You know, there? you're you're basically saying, okay, if you if you join us, it's gonna break. It, if you buy our product, it's gonna break. But here's thirty percent off on your repair costs. What? Yeah, exactly. And, what kind and, of confidence? And the visual is phones dropping into toilets. It's phones dropping out of cars. It's phones dropping everywhere. I I got to be honest. I have had a mobile phone since mobile phones came out and they were connected to the car inside. Yeah, I remember that. I have yet to need to replace. The phone, I haven't even broken a screen. Now, I've seen some of the trades guys around here, their screens look like maps of Canada. They're so splintered off with yep. cracks. But, you know, I I've yeah, I don't know. What, what what are people doing with their phone? What are they, do, taking batting practice with their phones? I, I've never seen. Well, in one visual, they've got this guy that's taking a, a photograph or trying to take a video outside his car window. And... The phone drops outside the car. You know, to me, it's like, hey, come and eat at our restaurant and we'll give you a free stomach pump out when you get food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It, it, it's not the it's not the best. And I, I don't think that this is the most popular provider in France. I really don't. Even after the promotion. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we just thought we'd uh, roll that by because I, you just don't see... That kind of stupidity in marketing that often. Interesting note, when I was listening to the radio on the way back today, uh, on the news, they were talking about the Olympics. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're coming to uh, France or Paris, I guess. Yeah, in 2024. So two years, the Olympics will be here. I know you, we haven't talked about this, and you're probably going to ask me if I want to. I don't. I don't want to go. So it's, don't. It's going to be. It's going to be very, very crowded. Yeah. No, I don't want to go. I have no interest. I'll be just fine down here. If you want to go, take the little train up there. You go ahead. But I have no zero interest in going. Right. Well, this is of interest. So they were talking about the opening ceremonies, mm -hmm. and, and most of the time the ceremonies are inside a stadium. Right. Well, what they're planning to do, and they want Paris to be spectacular. They want people to see how how welcoming, how creative. Well, this, uh, is, this is, after COVID and all of their losses, this is a great uh, opportunity for that, to show how amazing Paris is. And it is. It's amazing. So they will be um, hosting the athletes, and there are 10,000 plus of them, um, on the Seine River. Huh. And there are going to be barges. It's going to be a six-kilometer-long. Holy cow! Where the Olympic athletes are, are are on barges going by, to from one bridge to another, and f from what I remember, a hundred thousand people will have lower deck seats that they'll have to pay for. Mm -hmm. But the the upper deck seats are will be free of charge. So. Uh, between four and six hundred thousand people will be able to. I just to... shudder. <laughs> I just, I just, I just get into the fetal position. But when they'll I... be able to view the the opening ceremonies with a, apparently it's going to be an amazing culmination at, at the um, the oh, last bridge. Fireworks and the whole thing. Probably, and they've got giant screens and they've got images on reflecting on buildings and like they've re they're really pulling out all the stops. Wow. So that should be very exciting to to see. And I know that the French are, are very proud of what's about to happen. Well, you know what?
what? The best place to see it is, I don't care what anyone says, is going to be on the TV. Well, if, so. if we actually have a, <laughs> a network. You, you you had know, to other than that. my cooking show, I don't know if we'll get to see the Olympics. You had to say that. Yeah. I know, we have TV difficulties here, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure by 2024. You're sure? No, I'm no, not sure. Not. <laughs> no, I'm not sure, but. Uh, one way or another, we will get that uh, on our screen to watch because that's that just uh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. That many people. It's a lot of people. Oh. But imagine, like, imagine that like four to six hundred thousand people are able to see a spectacle, to see something amazing, without paying for it. And and is that like? I, I don't even have a clue. Is that like Ju- a July thing or when is that? Uh, when would that it's be? Summer, but I'm not sure of the exact date. Okay. Well, it's funny because July and August, uh, it, typically, Paris just uh, vacate. It just it turns into a well, it doesn't turn into a ghost land because a lot of tourists come to Paris. But the people who are actually in Paris uh, typically go to the south of France. They come here. Yeah, they invade us, <laughs> and so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people in Paris who just want to get the hell out of Paris for the Olympics. Well, and I'm assuming that if, if they can rent their apartments. Yes. That'll be uh, yeah. a very... Uh, Ooh, can you imagine the oh, yeah. Airbnb costs of those? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. going to be through the roof. But it's exciting. Everybody's talking about it. So we just thought we would uh, throw that down the, uh, the well, podcast. I, I just uh, signed up for their um, their newsletter. So oh, that's cool. I'll but, get updates. But what a great idea. What a great way to do it. Down mm-hmm. the river. Down the river. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong? Well, but no, they were talking about security concerns. Yeah. And they're really going to have to beef up security to make sure that the athletes... And well, they did well with the Queen's funeral. They did very well. That wasn't France, though. No, no, no. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's a similar Yes, situation. the magnitude. Yeah. Yes, the magnitude. Right. Yeah. right. No, so uh, that's our, our Olympic update. And, and now that you're on their, their list, maybe we'll be able to do regular Olympic updates yep. on our podcast. Yep, for sure, for sure. And hopefully by 2024, you will be speaking mm. Francais like a native. Not uh, not if this uh, French phrase of the day is any indication. It's okay, there were tough words. There but, were. But um, I would like to say congratulations because you just wrote a test and you've now grade- graduated to a new level. <laughs> level B, with that, whatever that is. I'm level B. <laughs> B. <laughs> well, no, because it, it, is it A is is just beginner, and then yeah. B is intermediate. Beginning of intermediate. That's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. So so you've evolved. You've yeah. And I it's funny. I I know how to conjugate in several well, quite a few tenses now. I had a revision today at, at my French class, which uh, I needed. Mm. Let's just say that needed a refresher on uh, my je tu il nouveau il z, z- yeah ils. <laughs> <laughs> you never pronounce the ills. No. Well, seldom. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going well. I did. I I got about seventy eight percent on the test. There were some clear areas of uh, failure, uh, of abject failure, on the uh, on the d- test. It just but. highlights where you need to focus yeah. and spend a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure that you will master it. Well, it's it's been fun, and we're down to uh, one lesson a week now. I think that kind of works well too, because. You and I are are doing our morning walks and speaking a, a, about eighty percent on uh, in French on our walks, and then now with all the socializing that we're doing, mm-hmm. those are helpful. I, I interact more in in stores. 
uh, with people. I make reservations for us when we go to restaurants because you tell me to. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. Okay. No, but you know, like if you don't if you don't take the bull by the horns and and start actually implementing what you've learned, it, it there's no point because it's just going to go away. So you need to put yourself in scary situations like being in a store or being in a restaurant, ordering, talking to the clerk, making sure that you're getting what you want. That's when you're going to feel more integrated into the Yeah, the but whole. then but then what happens, we went for new glasses and it was just a disaster. Because here's the thing that gets me. And I, I don't know if, if, if you're like this, if you're learning a new language, this is the thing that that uh, makes me nervous or anxious is we go in there and of course she's lovely and she's not, you know, and she knows I'm English, but she just, she's flying. She's just fly, like it's the fastest speed. And not only is she speaking quickly, but she's busy. Like her hands are busy as if, not that we're holding her up or that she's in a rush, but it was just clear that she's really proficient at her job and, and then, and then she, you had had to go out and plug, I had to go plug the meter. Plug the meter, and she said to me, uh, "Is your wife coming back?" And I, I just got all flustered, and I really screwed it up. I really, I really but you know, you screwed it up, so you're going to learn yeah. from that, and you won't do that again. And there you go. Where where you are an L, I called you a two. So I basically... <laughs> you told her that she was coming back. I told her that she was coming back. Fantastic. Great great work, Jeff. Yeah, and then she asked me after you left, are you from England? Oh, yeah. I said, no, I'm from Canada. Is your, is your husband under medication? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then she said, I'll, I'll, I'll call you for the glasses. Yeah. I said, okay, sure, no problem. Great, thanks. <laughs> There's a vote of confidence. But you did really well on your French test, and it, it's just showing that it's there's improvement, mm-hmm. and and I think you're you're enjoying it more. Yeah, I am. Uh, but then something like that just I take it as a huge setback, uh, you know. But anyway, we'll 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 roll on. There'll be other be- there'll be better days. The, the Sunday brunch that we went on was was very successful. I think you did. I actually made jokes in you, French. Yes, you made some French jokes. Yeah. Which was quite impressive. People were laughing. They were. And not at me. Not, no. No. <laughs> With me. No. What was it? You were talking, they were talking about frog's legs. Yeah. And I said, uh, uh, de goût comme poulet. Yep. Does it taste like chicken? Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was laughing. Yeah. I so it was really good. Funny, funny. Yeah. But Mr. September's, funny. Yeah, September's here are awesome. We we were out in in our neighbor's backyard uh, for yeah. that for that Sunday brunch. Beautiful. It was like twenty five, twenty six. It was just lovely. Just a just a thought that if you're thinking, you know, th- there are certain months that are so much better than other months to come and visit here. Uh, we don't ha- actually have anyone coming this month, which is kind of sad because it's the most perfect month. The tourists are gone, and the weather has cooled off slightly. To the well, when I when I say cooled off, our last couple of lunches outside, 25, 26, sunny, mm-hmm. no, oh, it's just been pristine weather. Um, so th- th- September's a good month. October gets a little cooler, but still you can, a lot of restaurants still open outside mm-hmm. and May is good and June. So, you know, those are the ones, those are the ones to, to shoot for. For those, sure. Those are the really good months. Yes. So I, when I was talking to all of our friends, our many friends, uh, the French friends, I asked them if they had this rule 
the one that we had in, in, in Canada and maybe North America about wearing white after Labor Day. Well, trust me. I, yeah, Canada is two years in, in, my, in my past, but I remember not too many people took up that rule, Julie. I saw well, it, you know, it, it might be obsolete. It, it might not be a part of the fashion police anymore um, because, you know, things evolve. But I remember, like, the, when I was growing up, it was like you don't wear – white before May 1st, and you don't wear it after Labor Day. Like pants and, and stockings and crap. Like jeans and dresses are should not be white um, af- before or after. That's such a load. And so I was asking um, our friends, is this something, is this a thing here? Right. And they said, no, it's not a thing. You can wear white all year round. You do whatever you want. And I think it's because, you know, the weather conditions are, are more conducive to wearing light apparel. Yeah, longer. L- yeah, like if you were in Florida, I guess, yes. as opposed to being in, in the northern part of, of North America. So you can wear – so you were wearing your white pants again. Yeah, I did some revenge wearing yesterday. Revenge wearing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wore my white pants even though like before I was told that that was not cool because it's after did you Did day. you almost feel a little bit uh, – a little rowdy? Yeah, rebellious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah? For All sure. Right. But uh, it, was, it was great and apparently it's not a thing here so – And what did Olivier say about May – May you, is, you go crazy in May. May you do anything you want. Yeah, in, in May France. you do whatever you want. Yeah. There was a saying attached to it, but I. I yeah, April don't don't take your clothes off too soon. Is there? They thing? Ri- they rhymed. Though. I know, but I don't remember. I'll have to. April something and it rhymed. Avril, no frill. I don't know what it was, uh, <laughs> but it was something like that. I'm just saying. I'm just giving you an example, and then uh, May. Go crazy! Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but that was the 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 principle of it was that in May you can do whatever you want. Uh, One of the things that we are instructing all our guests who are coming in October is to bring mustard. (laughs) (laughs) And I think our first guests that are coming the first week of October already have packed some, which is awesome. But here's a little mustard update: (laughs) is so sporadically. I do see some on the shelves. The mustard is not made in France. It's made in the Czech Republic. That'll be good. I don't know. We haven't opened ours yet. Uh, It's got a weird kind of consistency and look to it uh, and a funny name, Soli. Soli? Soli. Okay. Uh, From, yeah. Um, so you know we'll tr- we'll we'll try it out because we're we're we are officially running out of well, and, the stuff. And you use it in almost every salad dressing. It just adds oh, it's so delicious your dressings that you make. And it, we got to have the mustard. So uh, any any form really any form works. But we typically like the uh, the D- Dijon style. Dijon style. Yeah. 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 We're we're not big fans of the bright yellow. Oh, the Frenches. Frenches. No, <laughs> it's good for a hot dog, but. Mm. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. But so it, it's it's they're trying to source out mustard from different places in the EU. I'm not sure if we're going to enjoy, but we'll let you know. Hey, uh, it is harvest season here for the grapes now. And one of the things that's occurred this year is that it's started like two weeks ahead of normal time. And the reason being is it was so dry and so hot this summer that they're ready earlier. Now, a lot of the crops look fantastic. Mm-hmm. I might, it might even be one of those, oh, wow, 2022 
banner big years, year. big year. It's just that they've started earlier. And uh, what a bonus for us, because yesterday we, we visited a really cool uh, chateau uh, vineyard, uh, Chateau de Cedre. Is it cedar? Is that yeah, that? yeah, yeah, Chateau du Cedre. Mm-hmm. And the reason we went there is because we were having lunch in a nearby town, and the really cheeky waiter, we, yeah. did, we did not really like him very much, but apparently he knows his stuff, was recommending a, a red wine to the table next to us. And he was, you know, espousing the, the, um, the amazing uh, vintages that, that are produced from this local vineyard and that it's a, it's, it's a must-see. So we um, we decided that we would take a trip and see what the fuss was all about. And it was fantastic. And by the way, that waiter, I'll just give you an idea. So he didn't really, he was not overwhelmed. He probably had seven tables to deal with. I ordered, a, I mean, this is among many other things. First of all, I asked for something that was on was not on the menu at the beginning, and he got all puffy about that. And then at the end, I ordered a coffee, and we waited and waited, and finally I said, all right, let's book. And we get to the cash register, and he brings the coffee over to the cash register. I said, no, I'm not drinking the <laughs> coffee at the cash register. No. That was the one time uh, that we yeah, haven't left it, a tip either. It, well, and— it's very rare that someone goofs to that level yeah. in terms of service. No, but, the services are pretty good here. But his recommendation yeah, was, spot, was on. spot on. Yeah. So this was, to me, uh, especially one wine in particular, they had about five or six different uh, red varieties. And again, all Malbec because we were in the Cohor region. And one of them is just lights out. We bought about four bottles of it. Oh, it's really, really good. Well, we went with our neighbors. Yes. And and it's, it's so interesting because I guess we're so excited to be in the region that we, you know, go one direction, the other direction. We go have lunch here. We go visit here. Like we're excited about discovering the area that we live in. And and uh, Ségolène and, and Olivier have been here for eight years um, and – had never been to this particular area, which is this just thirty minutes away. Yeah, twenty kilometers away. Yeah, and it's it's a really cool area of Cahors. It looks like California. Yeah, no, it's it. The, the vineyards are spectacular, and I encourage you to check out our Facebook page for two reasons uh, on this podcast. First of all, uh, I'm going to uh, drop a little video of how they harvest uh, when the machines are involved. Now, if, if, if the vines are on a steep aspect, then it's usually uh, done by hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, when things are fairly flat, these great big uh, machines harvest the grapes. And we've got a little video that we're going to show you uh, separate from the pictures that uh, will accommodate Chapter 36, this podcast. And we're going to sneak in a couple more photos of Puy Levesque. We don't know a ton about this little village, but it's just so beautiful. We, we've already included some. You may remember back uh, two or three podcasts ago with the umbrellas over the over the street. Oh, man, I just really like this uh, this village. Yeah, well, you know, you can't really go wrong with, with m- medieval architecture. No. Stuff that was built in, in, you know, the 11th, no, the 12th. Yep, 12th century, yeah. 
just and it's still standing, still looks gorgeous, still it's it's mind blowing. And for us, we're in awe because everything is so new, you know, in Canada, and yeah. and, and so seeing something that has that rich a history is very impressive. But it was also interesting because Olivier and Segaline have been here all their life. As we drove up, they hadn't seen Puy Levec yet, and they, they, oh, she go, oh, this is beautiful, you know, like she was into it as well, the same way we are. Uh, just again, I think they also they have yeah. a similar kind of yeah. dated house. Yeah, when we were saying goodbye, she goes, "Yeah, thank you for showing us our area, friends." <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's tr- uh, like they appreciated it as as much as we did. So uh, uh, they might become fast and furious uh, day trip travel partners. Mm-hmm. I that, hope so. Yeah, because I think we have a lot in common. Uh, on next week's show, yes, we have more crap coming from Canada. It's not oh, crap. It's not gee, crap. Gee, this makes me just it's, it's a nightmare. Well, we just don't need any more crap here. We got all this crap coming. I know it's going to it's it's the stuff from your your condo which is for sale now and it's going to furnish the guest house for the most part. But along with it, of course, comes all these boxes of crap. Well, it just, you know, it's it's stuff that we didn't deal with two years ago. So it's papers, documents, blah, blah, blah. Crap. And, and when I was back in Toronto, I tried to do the triage, but there are some things that you, you, need, you uh, need the two of us to look at before we can say, okay, that's crap. Yeah, so let's pay, let's pay a moving company to send it here so that we can take it out of the box and throw it in the dishettery. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, that's... That's uh, coming up and more, whatever a little adventure comes our way between now and then. Thanks so much for listening. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. A très vite.